TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's 9.30 in 716. We begin in Highland Park, Illinois, where police there say the suspected shooter has now confessed to his crime of opening fire at Monday's 4th of July parade there. But there are still some unanswered questions. Well, police here say they don't yet know an exact motive. There are signs toward maybe why the shooter chose the 4th of July. The suspect seems to really like the number 47. He uh, had some type of affinity towards the number 4 and 7, and inverse was 7-4. And 7-4 was the date of the shooting. He has 47 on the side of his car and tattooed on his cheek. It's a number sometimes seen in neo-fascist ideology. Since pushed together, 47 can resemble a swastika. Alex Stone, ABC News, Highland Park, Illinois. We'll be speaking with Alex Stone coming up about an hour from now. In terms of what was learned, the parents also may be involved, charged in that incident. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn giving an update yesterday on the charges against Conte Bell, who was the subject of a traffic stop for tinted windows that turned into a city-spanning police chase and shootout, lasting nearly half an hour. Bell was shot by police three times. He's charged with firing at five officers, shooting one of them. If convicted, he could face 40 years to life. There were... At a minimum, approximately 14 shots fired by Mr. Bell in this entire incident. Approximately 16 Buffalo police officers fired their weapon in the course of this entire incident. The number of shots fired by police officers is numerous. I can't put a number on that. Bell shot one officer. Two officers were shot, though, by what Flynn called friendly fire from other officers. No officers were charged, though Flynn indicated some of them should have been safer about firing their weapons. As the fight over the future of the Great Northern Grain Elevator continues, WBEN's Brayton Wilson joins us to look to see what's ahead. The future of the Great Northern Grain Elevator in Buffalo's Old First Ward is once again in question following Tuesday's decision by Justice Emilio Koliakovo to lift the injunction blocking the emergency demolition of the historic structure. According to Justice Koliakovo, he says then-Commissioner of Permits and Inspections James Comerford had a rational basis to act within his authority to order the demolition of the grain elevator. Koliakovo ruled while the building has historic interest, it cannot survive with a huge hole in its north wall. Although disappointed by the ruling, preservationists like Tim Thielman of the Campaign for Greater Buffalo are set to continue the fight to preserve the Great Northern and prevent its demise. Everyone should know the order itself that the uh, order and decision by the judge is 
in effect, August 12th. I mean, we have until that time to respond. And of course, we fully intend to appeal, in which case we'd have a preliminary injunction pending the outcome of the appeal. As for some other members of local government, they too are hoping to see the historic grain elevator preserved and restored to serve for other purposes in the community. Buffalo Common Council member Chris Scanlon is among them as he represents the South District. While he doesn't know how realistic it could be to restore the building back to reasonable form, he would love to see the grain elevator turn into something productive for all. I know some people have come in and said they think they could do it and they think they have the resources and the wherewithal to do it. If that's possible, I'd love to see that happen. Obviously, um, you've seen throughout the city of Buffalo what we've been able to do as a city, returning historic structures into updated mixed-use facilities and how successful that's been. And I think we've really been a model for other cities doing that. When reaching out to the city of Buffalo for comment on Wednesday, one official said the city respects the decision of the court. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. We'll continue to monitor that. Hear more from Tim Tillman uh, later on this morning. British media reporting Prime Minister Boris Johnson stepping down. The golden boy with the gift of gab did something no one else seemed capable of, striking a Brexit deal with the EU. That his major accomplishment. But numerous scandals also plagued him. So-called Partygate, drink gatherings during the time of lockdowns in the country, and allegations he misled Parliament. And recent revelations that Johnson knew about sexual misconduct allegations against a lawmaker before he promoted the man to a senior position in his government. All events questioned his integrity. If he were a cat with nine lives, he's used them all up one after another. Tom Rivers, ABC News, London. All right, we'll be uh, joining Tom Rivers at some point later on this morning to get the latest why Boris Johnson is stepping aside. Back home, uh, leveling off of prices, not just happening at the gas pump, could changing lumber prices have an impact on home building here in western New York. Here's Max Ferry. The price of lumber is decreasing for the first time since the beginning of the pandemic. However, costs of other construction goods are still pretty high. We are seeing uh, volatility, though, in other places still, including other building materials, uh, roofing and siding, uh, windows, doors, the sawdust, vinyl, blended trim materials, brands like uh, Azex and uh, Versatex. Tremendous uh, increases in in those prices, price levels still. Said Dominic Cortez, president of Cortez Construction Services Corporation. Cortez says his predominant worry is about the labor shortage. We're suffering through a lot of things in our industry that relate to costs, but the biggest thing that we're suffering through is a labor shortage, and that continues to be a problem. In spite of any neutralization of lumber material costs, we're still shorthanded, and I think what you may be more seeing in new home construction as is, as it is with us in home renovation is the inability to perform based on the lack of staff. More on this is made available for you on our website, Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thank you. Uh, speaking of the economy, uh, travel, a big part of that, a big admission. How about this from the chief operating officer at United Airlines? In a letter to workers, United's chief operating officer, John Reutman, says there are just too many flights scheduled nationwide than the FAA's air traffic control management system can handle right now, especially in the New York area and in Florida. And because of it, flight cancellations and delays won't end. 
end anytime soon. United says half of its delays and 75% of its cancellations in the past four months were due to the FAA air traffic management system that navigates bad weather, staffing, and air traffic volume. Reutemann writes the resulting delays and cancellations will remain through the summer and beyond. Derek Dennis, ABC News. I do like this. So they're uh, saying the FAA, it's the FAA's problem. They can't keep up with the amount of flights that are scheduled. No mention of who schedules these flights from United Airlines. Just a thought there, but uh, finger pointing continues up in the air. A snapshot of the employment sector set to be released this morning. This week's jobless claims numbers may get more attention than they usually do, in part because they're the first indication of what we might expect in the Labor Department's June employment report. That's due out on Friday. ADP's hiring survey is on hold this month as a payroll processor retools its research model. First-time filings are considered a proxy for layoffs. They could provide some insight into whether hiring is still strong. Last week's report shows filings dropped slightly by 2,000. Daria Albinger, ABC News. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast calls for mostly sunny skies today. Temperatures will be in the low 80s this afternoon. Tonight's mainly clear and pleasant. Overnight lows near 60 on Friday. Partly cloudy skies, highs near 80 degrees. Saturday, we're in the mid-70s with sunshine. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. We turn to crime and terrorism analyst Brad Garrett, who's joining us with a look at the ongoing investigation into a number of mass shootings, uh, most recently Highland Park, Illinois. Uh, Brad, I- I'm interested to know more about what exactly this shooter's parents could face in terms of liability. As we understand it, the police have been called to the shooter's house in 2019 after he threatened to kill himself and his family. And just a year later, his father signing off on papers allowing him to purchase weapons that were used in the attack. I mean, if that doesn't scream liability, uh, what does? Well, I, I agree. Now, probably tons of potential civil liability. To your point, Brian, what about criminal liability? I don't know. I'd have to know more about Illinois state law. And I'm sure the prosecutor in Highland Park is looking at that um, as we speak. But, you know, this is another example when you think about, in particular, Illinois has a lot of other safeguards in place that other states don't have. I mean, they have red flag laws, but they have their own background check. Instead of just relying on the FBI, they do their own which tend to be much more thorough because they have access to databases that the FBI doesn't. So I'm going to guess that they came across this incident at the house where he threatened to kill everyone with knives and which would potentially, I guess, make him not eligible. But the father, as you said, signed and vouched for him, basically allowing him to purchase you know, some of the most powerful weapons a civilian can purchase, an AR-15 type weapon. Um, I mean, it's it's like, what were you thinking? Obviously, in our view, he wasn't. But it's a it's another tragedy. I mean, you and I could talk about the same thing. A version of that happened at Newtown. It clearly happened in the suburbs of Detroit where the parents bought their son a weapon that he used in a mass shooting inside a school, and they have been charged. 
Another aspect to this that is, um, you know, all too familiar, we talked about it after what happened here in Buffalo, we talked about it after Uvalde, and again and again, it's someone who appears to be a younger, troubled person who has Mm -hmm. immersed themselves in some sort of online persona and online community. And I, I don't know, Brad, I feel uncomfortable sometimes using that word because sometimes you know online community it's almost them talking to no one in particular or uh, it could be even them not getting a response from anybody but they're just kind of screaming into the void uh, it it's something that a lot of people are saying hey you know if my phone can know I like one thing or another and show me ads within an instant shouldn't we be able to find these people and alert police in some way, but existing laws, I mean, how do you do that while still recognizing people's freedom of speech, freedom to kind of do as they wish online? Well, yes, that, that's a, that is a valid point. And the other side is that how are these some of these sites, some of the violent video game sites, some of the chat room sites, I mean, how well are they even set up manpower and technology-wise to even monitor what goes on their site? That's another issue. Uh, and then if, they, if they're a site that's not particularly happy or support the police, they're less inclined to, I think, support some of this stuff. But yes, that's exactly what needs to happen. These, these cyber communities need to talk to each other and they also need to talk to the police and, you know, with specifics about what they're hearing or what they're seeing and let the police check it out. Because, you know, some mass shootings have been stopped because kids have been confronted, not always, but and, and to know that somebody would come and regularly check on you, um, which sadly, our, our systems are not set up to do that either from a manpower standpoint in, you know, from city to city. So it's, it's a real, it's a real dilemma that doesn't have an adequate solution. I mean, the idea here would be, okay, if there's a red flag law, um, maybe some of these online communities, forums, platforms, social media sites, whatever it is, uh, would kind of be able to flag certain areas of trouble um, you, you know, corners of their community where they see something and use that in a red flag law. I uh, would that be legal? I, I mean, you're kind of hitting on it there. It's a tough question. Well, if you're asking me, because the Republicans control uh, thirty plus states in this country, would they ever allow a law to be passed? that would resemble what you just said, I think the answer is no, because they're going to say it's an infringement on, on the first amendment. Um, But that doesn't negate the actual site server folks. In other words, the folks who own the site uh, from reporting things individually to the police. And I think that has happened actually. Um, But it's a, it's a really inadequate system there's not consistent reporting. And clearly this kid, let's say the kid in Cleveland Park, I mean, in Highland Park, I'm sorry, said, 
if we knew what he was saying and doing online, somebody would have stopped him. Brad, thank you for joining us once again. Brad Garrett, crime and terrorism analyst with us live. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.